This short code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at MedEdMedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. On today's show, Arisgate, and I try to find out more about my co-hosts. Uh, those co-hosts are M3 Nathan Spitz. The prodigal son has returned. M4 Madeline Cusimano. Hello. M4 Abby Fife. Hi. And we expect to be joined by MD PhD student Aline Sanduke after she gets done with sciencing or whatever it is she's doing today. Today's show is sponsored by Panacea Financial, division of Premise, member FDIC. Stay tuned for a discussion I had recently with Panacea Financial co-founder Dr. Michael Jerkins about recent developments in the world of student loans madeline abby how are those residency interviews going let me check in i actually haven't started yet i took step two on monday so okay i start next week okay what about you i've had a good handful yeah felt Um, you feel good yeah i mean honestly none of them have gone bad so that's good that's good no none of the what would it what would it look like to have to have things go bad well, I think it could be two different directions. If like, you trip while being on Zoom and fall, <laughs> that would be bad. So I did like almost forget to put my jacket on because I like to just wait till the last minute to put my suit jacket on. And that that wouldn't have been like the biggest tragedy in the world. But that was like a panic moment. I had to like sprint downstairs and grab my jacket <laughs> and back up like 30 seconds before the Zoom started. That's the sort of thing that's it's like not a critical error, but it can shake your confidence. Yeah. You know, like nobody would be like, where's her jacket on reading about like Zoom, you know, now in the era of Zoom interviews was like just kind of reading general tips and somebody said to always wear pants. And I don't know if this has happened during residency interview, like actual pants. Absolutely. Um, always wear pants. So because some interviewers have asked people to stand up yeah. and, you know, that type of give me the twirl. And I know some people have, you know, chosen to wear sweatpants or shorts or things like that. Oh, uh, I've always worn dress pants, but I... I pick my most comfortable dress pants, so I yeah. don't I don't always worry that they like my jacket and my pants match super well, but they're still always there's dress pants. yeah, there's no reason to uh, there's no reason to go nuts about it. But yeah. oh look yeah. it's Aline. What's the weirdest question that you've gotten or one that's thrown you off? What is your favorite enzyme? <laughs> what? And, and you're you going say? into psych though. Exactly. And what'd you say? So basically Every name of every single enzyme left my body in that moment. I could not think of a single one except for lipase. It was phrased like, what is like an enzyme that you think is really cool? Or what's your favorite enzyme? And tell, tell me how it like helped you put everything all together. And I was like, uh, oh gosh, so this is, I don't that's know. That's very specific. So yeah, I weird. thought of lipase and I was like, I can't talk about like digestion. I don't know. This is weird. But then I started talking about dopamine pathways in the brain. And I was like, I'm going to just tell you something uh, from the basic sciences, sciences that I think is really cool. 
and I like started nerding out on dopamine in the brain and we had a really good conversation out of it. So. That's an excellent approach. You can answer the question by aiming it to where you want to go. Yeah, I was like, okay, I thought of an enzyme that I'm not as excited about, but I also thought of this other thing yeah. that I'm really excited about. I was like, what do you want me to talk about? And he was like, tell me about what you're excited about. And we had this great conversation. So. Can someone bring me up to speed? Because I just walked into what I, I sounds like a very interesting conversation. We're just talking about residency interviews. Nathan, Nathan, asked, Nathan asked what your like most difficult question or one that kind of caught you off guard was. Oh and wow! So this was in a in a residency interview. They for asked psychiatry. You, for psychiatry. <laughs> Huh. Wow, they, they start the pimping early. Yeah. <laughs> way to play to your strengths, too. Like, I'm impressed. Yeah, that's awesome. I know. To like, way to turn that around. You did good. That's awesome. I'm you sure there good. are enzymes involved. Every other in interview that. has been very normal, like everything that you would absolutely expect to yeah. be asked about. So, I was doing a practice interview the other day, and she asked me to use to talk about three words I would use to describe myself and why. And I completely fell apart. I was like, I cannot do this. I cannot. I can talk about myself barely. Did and you? Then, did you ever come up with any? Or no, I did. I I did. did but you- oh man, I came up with passionate, caring, and I like panicked for probably 20 seconds and then i just said strong because it, it, it's a word you that's should, an adjective you, sh- you should have said panic stricken <laughs> i could have it, it I counts it's a word right look you asked and then when i was describing the words i said each word about 10 times in the description i was like yeah i'm, I'm really passionate because i'm just i'm just so passionate <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I'm passionate because I'm passionate. I love the word passionate. The passionate That's the person by the way she passionate. is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Define passionate uh, a person who has passion. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In those practice interviews or interviews in general, I guess something I'm wondering is I feel like I've always struggled in how to answer, like, talk to me about your greatest weakness and how there's kind of the, like, advice mm-hmm. of, oh, play it to your strength. But a part of me just wants to, like lay it all out on the table and be honest and hope that people appreciate honesty. I don't know like what y'all, what advice y'all have gotten in. So I turned that question. I actually haven't been asked that yet, but I turned that question in my mock interview into something. I just told a time where I had a really good feedback session with an attending. And so I don't know if it's like my greatest weakness, but it was like something that I struggled with at some point. And then I talked about the feedback session with my attending and then talked about what changes I made on that rotation. So I really just like hedged on the weakness part and turned it into something like I can accept feedback and grow from it. So that's kind of how I approached it. You know, something I've heard, like it, like in the general professional realm, like a good way to answer that question is like to identify something that is technically a weakness, but is so innocuous that no one would be mad at you for it. So one example I've heard is people say, well, I tend to be a very outgoing person. So I, sometimes I waste time socializing with my coworkers and, you know, chatting with them a little bit. But yes, OK, you you say that you get distracted, but you're also saying, hey, you're a team player. Yeah. Like you get along with people. So yeah. that's all in all, not a bad thing. So, yeah, for I example. Like the question I struggled with the most, like in my mock interview, and it kind of came up in a certain way in a couple of my other interviews, but this is the one where I just completely bombed on in my mock was, 
what is your proudest accomplishment? Mm -hmm. Because there are a lot of things that I'm proud of, but like to name one in an interview and I just wasn't expecting it. And then also at a place where I wasn't necessarily feeling super confident about myself. Mm -hmm. So that was just really hard for me to answer. But I want things that you should review before your interview. Not not I'm not saying that you did it wrong. Mm hmm. What I'm trying to say is just before you get on your interview, you should be like, what are my, what's my proudest accomplishment? Yeah. And, and then not only are you potentially having an answer for that question, which is mm-hmm. you know important, but you're also like building yourself up before the interview. Yeah. Right. I well, because I thought about like strengths and weaknesses. So, you know, I'd kind of gone through the things, but just like the way that it was phrased just took me off guard. Like maybe someone else would have been able to answer that easily, but I was thinking things in a lot, like why would I be good for this specific residency or a specific residency because it was a mock interview or what are my three strengths? What are my three weaknesses? I wanted to have three of each just in case that was asked, you know, but I didn't think about what is one single thing I'm most proud of to this moment. And she didn't say in medical school either. So I make a great cheesecake. Um, Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't walk into an interview thinking like, oh yeah, here's a place where I can really talk myself up, but in the way unrelated to like the skills that you're there mm-hmm. to talk about. Well, I'm glad things are proceeding for both of you. This is a, this is, this is a good thing. Tell me, have you, uh, have you checked your heiress lately? As a reminder, heiress is the electronic residency application service. If you don't know this already, it's the sort of, it's, it's a centralized application system and it's also where all of your documentation funnels through to the programs that you assign to be able to look at them. It's but, like AMCAS for residency. Right. They're having a scheduled, scheduled outage from all weekend. It seems oh. like a poor and timing. My, my dear friend who's applying ENT today is the day that they release all uh, of their interviews. Oh. <laughs> okay, that was really That's evil. Really so poor hopefully they can it'll just be part. fine until yeah. five PM and then I'm the, uh, sad for your friend. The sheriff of sodium this week uh, blogged about Arisgate. Mm-hmm. And this year, a small number of applicants have taken to social media reporting that letters of recommendation, board scores, personal statements, and other documents were not sent to the programs oh, they were applying to. And oh. this, this is big because if the programs don't get those documents, they won't interview you. And we're, if you're lucky, they'll let you know that you didn't get your documentations, but they might not even you just you know. unlocked a new fear in my life dave i'm sorry yeah it's terrifying yeah i'm I've, sorry i've read a couple of the threads of from the students oh. and you know it's like several weeks after like they have released their oh. applications like one person it like a program director reached out to them of hey just so you know your application is incomplete and they didn't know for weeks and you know by Horse that time time of, has gone by you know mm-hmm. people you know decisions i've are really already tried to stay off the threads and i feel like that's been good for my mental health because i had no idea this was a thing. i also had no idea mm-hmm. about this yeah so the, I mean, the double amc responded that they've looked into it and f- have found no evidence of a system related error and put it back on the students to carefully review the instructions and process some Make sure they're doing blaming it right. bullshit. The students themselves who have had this problem, many of them say they distinctly remember viewing, reviewing everything. And were and so they were surprised that some programs didn't receive their documents because they figured they'd done it all correctly. And the fact that it's like the same issue with like several unrelated mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And I liked how Dr. Comberdine, like in the in his like article I put to like these are. Some of the most, you know, I say like neurotic, but at this like stage, like people detail are oriented. detail oriented, double, triple checking things. And for yeah. it to happen to, I don't remember how multiple many people, people. Yeah, multiple people. I don't people think we know was, how many people, I don't, you know, but 
there has definitely been reports. Well, and there's a there's a box on ERAS that I in the beginning checked a million times that's like letters that are uploaded but unassigned. And it'll tell you like one, two, three, minus zero because all of I used all of the letters that were uploaded. Sometimes people have if they're applying to like transitional and like a surgical, they'll have multiple letters that they don't assign to every program. But mm-hmm. and same with personal statements and stuff. So there's like almost a notification like box. So you would think that students would have noticed unless there was a glitch in the technology. Well, that's my question is, is like where where is it going? Like how is there any way they could have found out other than the programs notifying them? Because I'm thinking of when you, you submit and I like went through each program and made sure every document had the green check mark. Yeah. But is it did they was that mm. happened and then the program still didn't have the documents? Right. Or I, whatever system they used to download it could have glitched on their end. I don't know. I mean, the, the, what's his name? The sheriff of sodium? Dr. Carmody. Dr. Carmody is frequently skeptical of the $94 million business of Eris. And he isn't sure what to believe, but I mean, did you say $94 million? For $94 million, your application should be tucking you in at night. (laughs) And that's what he said. That's what he said. And all the, all the shutdowns that Eris has. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Eris has, Eris has a terrible track record as far as I'm concerned. Every year on soap, it seems like it crashes or, you know, and then. So yeah. is the supplemental offer and acceptance program where, you know, if you don't get immediately matched in in the match process, you go through this this extra process to get you a match. And it seems like every year it goes down for many hours, causing panic and concern and confusion and and sadness. And, you know, who it, would never let you miss a notification? Facebook. Facebook should run you right. Yeah. Facebook meta? or like the no, Metaverse. Meta, meta yeah. that's right. They're branching out now. Uh-huh. Them or like YouPorn. <laughs> YouPorn will always let you know when there's a, yeah. a new video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know this personally, but I have heard. From a friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you guys remember when, when the role, when, the marketplace for the ACA was first rolled out at the state level. There were all these like outages and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think it was, who was it? it? Like some major porn site reached out to the Obama oh, yeah, administration yeah. was like, hey, we can help you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we, we managed like a <laughs> thousands servers, of people. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So they're, yeah. look, you know, despite the business that they're in, they're very effective at what they do. Well, so. Facebook and Instagram shut down this year, so... They did, but I mean that was like the first time ever. Yeah, like a. I mean, this is look. Computer problems happen all the time. Sure. Um, but how often do they like cause potentially like career? Well, this is the thing. You know, this is you know this is this is different. Yeah. And and I would say that you know there's the argument that you've already talked about, which is med students are typically pretty detail oriented, and I have met students who aren't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but they're few and far. But you can't get this far in this type of career being a very casual person. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes, you know? yeah, sometimes people are a little oblivious, but, like, it's typically, like, we're inundated with so many things that we have to do. I, I can't lie and say that I haven't forgotten to turn in an assignment because I was unaware of a deadline or whatever, but even if you are a very, like, relaxed student... Eris is one of those things that you're not going to yeah, 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 this yeah. is too big of a deal. Like, it seems yeah. very, like, in, if they did, it would be, like, too calculating to, for example, forget to assign a program and then create this, like, whole story 
on how exactly that had happened exactly. and that like several people also concocted the exact same story to potentially cover up like that just mm-hmm. i don't buy that agreed and also the dark community made the argument made the or noted that while it problems are not foreign to eris this is also the first time this particular issue has happened this particular thing every year we expect soap to shit the bed but this is we ha- i don't think we've seen this particular problem before and so for multiple people to be like, hey, this is happening to me, mm-hmm. um, that's it's kind concerning. of an issue. In yeah. other years, an issue I've run into is like when I get an invitation, especially like midday, it's been like loading. Uh, yeah. And I've g- gone to like multiple different devices and eventually just one device works. Yeah, it's never compromised an interview, maybe like the perfect time slot that I wanted, but there's have been time slots, so it's not a big deal. But I think that there probably has been some students who've missed out on an interview due to that. It just hasn't happened to me that often. But some of my classmates have noted that like almost every time they got an invite, it was like really hard to log into ERAS. Also, do you guys pronounce it ERAS or ERAS? Because I've always I'm, pronounced it ERAS. I'm an ERAS person. Everybody's an ERAS person except for Dave and Matt Edwards. People in med schools, people who who yeah. work in med schools, who are like, you know, it's Eris. Because yeah. none, none of us tomato. really want to be like, hey, students, go to ear ass. <laughs> <laughs> it, it definitely sounds more, I don't know. Appropriate? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds more like You guys posh, have a vested... Like, Eris. You guys not, have a vested interest in not pronouncing it correctly. Do not rob us of our opportunity to say a curse word totally guilt-free. I, look, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. I think we need to just address the fact that this is a $94 million business that yeah. is nonprofit matching us is it non yeah. not for profit mm-hmm. yeah maybe that's the problem like i just don't <laughs> they have get... no incentive to do their job well because like <laughs> they're gonna get the money i understand that this is like a different scenario than normal people like trying to get jobs but it's rather than i don't know there has to be a better way than med students who are $200,000 in debt having to pay $500 to apply and then the system not even working. Here's my advice. As, I, as I've said, you know, computers when, when computers and people meet and they always do there, there's going to be glitches. There's going to be problems. Whenever you're engaged in this sort of process where the failure of yours or of the system to do what's required will destroy your chances for success document everything yeah you know i would argue that you should take screenshots or screen recordings of everything you do in eris or in any other system like it if you ever encounter one so that you can go back and look at it and say no i did this correctly you owe me mm-hmm. well why um, didn't you tell me this two months ago dave <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't think of it until just this morning. This is a new I, problem. This, this is, is a, a new problem. problem. Yeah. I didn't even hear about this problem okay. until this morning. Okay, when, but how how can I figure out that this problem has not happened I, to me? I well, Yikes. I guess yeah. you've you've just, gotten interviews. I have gotten interviews, but is it was it these people? It was happening at every program or just That's some of them program? Because I haven't heard back from eight programs. Call the programs. Still. Call him. I call was going to say, is that okay? That's like, absolutely like I okay. can call and be like, I heard this was happening and just wanted to make sure yeah. you got all my documents, yeah. please. Yeah, okay. when your career like potentially writes on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alrighty. Are high. Well, thank you, friends. Keep every email sent to you. Obviously, remember medical students are not passive, ideally. 
In this instance, that means being sort of watchful and skeptical. You're, I, I, you're, there's only one person in this process that really is watching out for you. And that's, and that's, that's you. That's you, yeah. Um, and I hate to put it back on you because, but it's, I mean, it's kind of the nature of the, of the world is that no one is going to do as good a job at keeping track of your interests um, as you are. But yeah, I would, I would call, yeah, call program. It's okay. You can call okay. programs. I mean, I sent emails like letter. Hi, please read my application. Yeah, but the question, <laughs> nice the question you want to ask so now, now is now I want to ask. Hi, please. I need to know that you got my document. Did you get my letter of recommendation? Did you get my board scores? Did you get my my uh, personal? Just checking. Just want to make sure. It's a nice yeah. courtesy when programs of any kind will let you, like any any organization that is a recipient of your materials, will let you know. I remember when I was applying to med school, I applied to a school in Canada. And for some reason, and like I'm from Canada, so it's just like a, a institutional culture thing that they're like, we're not going to let you know if there's any problems. It's no news can mean a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah. And you have to be super proactive because I remember there was like an issue with one of my applications to uh, a med school in Canada and they never let me know. And I was like, hey, <laughs> it's called email. It takes two seconds are your fingers broken? Like, were you being spiteful? I think in some cases, it's almost like a test of your will and your determination to go there that you will go out of your way to seek that information out. But, and again, you know, I wasn't entitled to that information. It's hard. I mean, look, if you've got, you know, thousands of students that are applying to your university yeah, or whatever, yeah. I guess, you know, you could say that it takes just a couple of seconds to send an email, but yeah. If they yeah, did that for all 1,000, 2,000 people. Right, right. Yeah, well, I got fair. basic, like only from a very small number, but I got a handful of automatic emails from schools that I applied to. Like the first day applications were visible that just said, hey, thank you for applying. Here's more information about our school. Hmm. Most didn't say really any like super, super useful information, but it was just kind of nice to have that. And then one school... I really appreciated they kind of gave a timeline for how they were going to review. And again, it was an automatic email. So something that they could just draft one time that could just automatically spit out to all of the applicants that yeah. applied to them. That was like, hey, we just want to let you know that we will not be inviting more than we have interview slots. These are the weeks that we are going to be reviewing applications. It could be, you know, the beginning of this, the end. Please do not feel free. Please feel free to not be glued to your phone and just get back with us within a few business days. Interesting. And I was I like, like, well, that. that's yeah. nice for your program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it was just really nice to have a timeline. I think I might have, I don't want to repeat myself too much. I might have talked about this the last time I was on, but I don't think so. But anyway, yeah. it's, yeah. I mean, the more information you can get as mm -hmm. an applicant, the better you'll feel. I mean, it, why doesn't Eris, for instance, send you an, email automatically that says hey we're missing these important things especially or, if it's or an your application system. is your yeah. application is ready to go good job yeah well i mean when you submit it you do get a confirmation email yeah but that's not the same as like mm -hmm. the absence of a confirmation email yeah. or or right. like you get an e you get an email that you submitted it but if if your letters of recommendation didn't quite happen right or yeah. I, I guess in this case it wouldn't have mattered because if it is a glitch 
then yeah. the problem the problem isn't that you didn't do your job. The problem is that something happened with the system. I was going to say, it's not that you didn't submit something. It's that the information wasn't transmitted to the people who needed to see it. Right. It sounds mm-hmm. like. Right. Yeah. And, what, and somewhere in that chain, there is an issue. But it's hard to know without especially knowing these specific student situations, like exactly what everything looked like. It, it'd be hard to predict. I, yeah. I just, you know. I'm not a computer expert, but I think for $94 million and speaking of, I could do, I could do it. You're right. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll take that $94 Dude, million. Where's a I'll learn how to code. Pornhub, yeah. Any contacts on how to, <laughs> yeah. but speaking of transparency too, like we said, like for $94 million, it's wild to me or to like think that still a lot of the like averages or things like that of applications or board scores or things like that are like student reported. Mm-hmm. on the like texas star or whatever oh, you know like the aamc or amcas sorry has like here's how many people applied from which state here's mm-hmm. how many people like got in how many we interview like they are so transparent in that regard and for this cash cow of eras like how through the same aamc company like how is that not we don't know the, the average same? of how many it would not be that hard to gather the, these statistics like how many that's why students are definitely over applying last year and this year is because part of it's the uncertainty of the pandemic. So I'd expect things to increase a little bit and like more time available with virtual interviews, blah, blah, blah. But it's also the fear of the known that, okay, I'm going to just going to add 10 more programs to my app when you might not need to. And then if everyone kind of knew where they stood, then maybe like this inflation of the number of applications wouldn't be growing and programs wouldn't have to read 1500 applications and maybe they would have to read like hundreds less which would allow them to be able to select better without actually do a holistic review and not Mm -hmm. filter based on (laughs) scores i was also super annoyed that so you have like eras and then you have the nrmp and those are like separate things and there's a 50 by the way we pronounce nrmp nrpm Okay. <laughs> the nerf bomb. I thought, wait, wasn't it $75? Oh, whatever. I, I lost count of the fees I was paying because you also have to pay for your USMLE scores to get imported. That's not just automatic. But yeah, you have to pay to get... Cost $50 for them to press a button like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And you're not, they're not even pressing the button. And yeah. Yeah, so you have to pay to get your ass and the nerf to talk to each other. And really I know it, you right. don't, but I love it. I, you know, like, I believed you for a second. I, I was like, not, oh, right, I but I that's... really liked it. So I just went with it. Number. So you have to pay to get them to talk to each other. And the NRMP, then once you pay your fee, they give you this number. And you can't even copy and paste that number into ERAS. <laughs> you have to go back and forth and copy it because the NRMP website is so dysfunctional. It doesn't allow you to highlight. Oh, so, no, no, no. Hello. As somebody who knows a little bit about web design, that is a that is a thing that you have to make happen. What do you mean? You have to you have to disable copy and paste. Oh, oh wow. So they took extra steps. They, they took extra, took extra steps. steps to make my money even more useless. Yeah. So I just was like, what am I paying for? If not to just, be able to copy and paste this number. It was just such a surprise because like I, you know, had calculated how much I was going to spend because I had been narrowing down my program. So I knew this dollar amount, a range of dollar amount, depending on what my final number of applications was going to be that I was going to spend. And I was like, OK, now it's time to put my like and, you know, do my NRMP thing, whatever. And I was like, seventy five dollars, please. And I was like, 
<laughs> like in the hundreds of dollars I spent applications like 75 is like not that much but it I think it just offended me so much because I was like why why that's such you're a- so offended and then you can't even copy the number if you're gonna pay for it like at least let me easily put the number into my ear ass yeah this is the hill I'm gonna die on is this copy and paste <laughs> issue and then I also found out which won't be an issue for me but is maybe an itch- issue for people who just get a lot of interviews and they decide they want to rank all of them which is interesting or if your couple's matching and you might have to rank more than 20 but you have to pay an additional fee per program if you want to rank more than 20 programs like again you probably shouldn't need to rank more than 20 programs unless you're doing transitional year or applying to different programs or couples matching but even so even if it's a small number of people like that's also ridiculous i guess maybe it's a financial incentive to not do that i I, don't know i think that could be part of it yeah but let's put it on the students backs yeah Yeah, exactly There's something to be said about like customer service. And we live in a country where the customer is king and sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. But this is a place where like the customer, we are the customers and we have absolutely no leverage because there's not like a target, you know, to the best buy of ERAS. There's not another option. You are the customer, but there ain't no other store in town. Like they don't have an option to not participate. Yeah, their business model is you give us all your money and sometimes we do our job. Listeners, if you ask us a question, it means that I don't have to make something up to talk about on the show. And the show becomes what you want it to be. So send your questions to theshortcoats at gmail.com or leave a message at 347-SHORT-CT. We'll talk about it on the show. Can I tell you about my step one experience with Prometric? Tell us everything. So, I'm sorry, I'm speaking on behalf of everyone. Yes. Tell me everything. It just, it's very, very, that was really creepy, Dave. <laughs> it was the breeze. This this room yeah. is very breezy. The air. Easy, breezy, beautiful. Oh, the air just turned on. <laughs> yeah, yeah so sure. podcast. Things were blowing around. I was very shocked. I am sorry if this unlocks a new f- fear for you listeners, but... We know that Prometric was having issues with the pandemic and, you know, centers being closed, blah, blah, blah. And so I guess my experience wasn't that unique to those. It's just that I took my test like kind of after all of that, like a year after. So they should have fixed all these issues. And so after a long dedicated time where my aunt was severely ill with COVID and I was just going through so many personal hardships and struggles and I pushed my test back and I was finally ready to take it. It's March in Iowa, which can be really bad weather or really great weather. It happened to be really great weather that day. So I wasn't expecting any issues. You know, if it was snowy, oh yeah, maybe I have to like postpone because the testing center's closed. Nope. Perfect day. Show up to my testing center. No one's there. What? What? And so this was at like 8 a.m. And well, I got there early. So we're just waiting and waiting. There are three other students. One of them was one of my classmates. One of them was a veterinarian student who this was her second attempt at taking her board exam because the same exact thing happened to her two months earlier. And because she needed to be in a new eligibility period, she had to wait a full two months to take this test. And then another one was just a um, construction worker who was taking a licensing exam who had to take time off to go take this test. 
Be- so, beads of sweat are forming on my forehead for you and these people. So we wait and we wait and we're like trying. We're we're all calling different organizations. Like we're trying to call the actual center. We can hear the phone ringing, but no one's in there. <laughs> we're calling like Prometric National, and then we're calling whatever the organization that kind of like through the med school that kind of like books mm-hmm. like partners with Prometric. I can't remember what it's called. The NERMP. No, I'm just <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> There's so many different like systems to keep track of and nothing, nothing. And so finally my mom had dropped me off. I call her. This was 25 minutes on the other side of town. She had to come back and get me. And then I'm just... I like haven't cried, haven't cried. But then when I get home, I just I was like, I'm not supposed to be home right now. I'm supposed to be an hour into my test after everything. And so then as soon as I get my stuff together, I call Prometric because I'd hung up multiple times because they just put you on hold yeah, yeah. and they tell you to hang up in the, their hold message. They're like, oh, you should go to our website. Now you can <laughs> now you can make schedule changes easier by going to our website. I was like, I can't go to your website because I'm supposed to be in my test right now and no one knows that I'm not in my test. So my scheduling number is expired. Oh. So I cannot reschedule this until 48 hours after my test. And I was like, I need to take this now. And so I spent three hours on hold, not knowing if anyone would ever pick up and like the nicest actually customer service person picks up, he's able to reschedule my test for me. But I was so mad because they created this whole message to incentivize you to hang up. And if you just stick it out, you'll eventually talk to someone. And so I end up driving four hours to Kansas that day so I could take it the next day. Oh my God. Because I wasn't going to wait anymore. Yeah, and it's this is an eight-hour test, everyone, if you're not aware. So it's, it takes a good bit of preparation just to be ready to be in a building for eight hours. You know, mm-hmm. you need to figure out what Psychological preparation. Yeah. Well, like, and, like, and also, you need, like, not to mention being pushed to your like, intellectual yeah, limit yeah. during, for eight hours straight. And I was, and I had set up Sorry everything. I packed all my snacks, you know, and I really struggle with sleep at times. And I, I had gotten a full eight hours of sleep. Yeah. So it was just oh, like, what a waste. Yeah. I know. So it's the, just, the yeah. only blessing in all of this was that the Kansas testing center, for some reason, don't start all their tests till 9 a.m. So hmm. that stress alone, knowing that there's no way I was going to sleep through it actually helped me to sleep okay the next night but anyway it was just such a rigged system i never got my money back so you still paid for two tests i did not pay for oh, okay. two tests but like i was requesting the 150 dollars that i spent on a hotel oh yeah because i stayed at my yeah. parents house so i didn't have that cost for my original plan, but I had to drive somewhere. Like I spent money on gas. I spent money on a hotel. Through no fault of your own, Mm -hmm. right? Because of their failings. Yeah, and I just like, yeah, I could have taken it later, near, closer to home when I was already in a rotation, but I had this whole week off. Yeah, I didn't want to waste any more time. I feel like you wouldn't have done as well if you were taking time Mm -hmm. off a rotation to do it. Just even though you still have all that studying, like you don't lose that. But it's still just I just can't stress enough the mental load of taking these exams. That it's if you were having to deal with like actual patients and taking care of humans on top of Mm -hmm. this huge test. Like I just 
that the, the psychological right. realty that it consumes to prepare for this yeah. it leaves you so depleted that like the fact that you had to deal with and also like imagine if you didn't have the means to like thank mm-hmm. god you had money to drive yeah. to a place and my Suppose husband you didn't have a car. Dro- jumped in the car with me so i had someone that could like you know know i would wake up and get there and i didn't have to drive the whole time so yeah i'm really lucky and i'm really lucky i found one for the next day so that and then i just ended up swinging by it was kind of close to where my sister lived and visited with her but so i had some semblance of a vacation afterwards but it was you are making the best lemonade out of the shittiest lemons of all time okay so the worst slash funniest part of it all is so the test is supposed to start at 8 i'm supposed to be there at 7 30 at 12 30 p.m i get an email that says sorry please do not show up to the testing center your testing center is closed and then it gives a list of reasons why it could be closed <laughs> Wait, your your Iowa Prometric Center or yeah, the this, Kansas? The, oh. the Iowa one. Okay. So this is, I had already rescheduled my test at this point. God. They were like, natural disaster, <laughs> power outages, or other reasons, or reasons relating to the COVID-19 pandemic, or other reasons. That's, uh, that's, that's an email drafted by an attorney, I guarantee. Yeah. Why in the world? That's crazy. What in the world is the point of that list of things? Mm-hmm. I it's just I don't know. It's just like I'm trying to imagine the person composing this email and what they thought that they were doing. It's it's liability mitigation. It's hey, you can't sue us because of all these things that are totally outside of our mm-hmm. control. Because of other yeah, exactly. <laughs> other. So exactly. We went other happened. Sorry. Yeah, step one gnomes. It's gnomes. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. And then we, so while while this group of four of us were waiting, we we're working with each other, trying to figure this out, what was happening. The only reason why I knew to just call and stand hold was because of this poor veterinarian student who, this is our second go around with this. But there is someone else, because it was like a business suite, so we were like inside. There was a lady that walked by and she's like, are you guys waiting to take a test? And we're like, yeah. And she's I'm so sorry. They do this a lot. <laughs> so apparently they just, whoever they hire for this testing center, they just don't show up to work quite frequently. Wow. And this, then we found Hiawatha? a bunch of Google reviews. This is Des Moines. Okay. Nah. Don't go to Des Moines. Nah, no. Iowatha, the lady's going to make you feel bad for taking breaks. She's like complaining to me about how people like who take these USMLEs, some of them take breaks every block. And I'm like, that's what I did. Bitch, uh, we're entitled. <laughs> we I need get I get an hour of break time. You better believe that I'm going to use it. Why is she complaining it. to you? It's more work for well, her. She has, she has to check you like, in and out. Like, yeah. No, so you okay. have to. I'm busy taking my test. You have to like, well, so it was like while I was signing back in and, you know, you have to check all your pockets. Like you have to turn all your pockets yeah. inside out and they scan you with a metal detector and scan or look at your driver's license. It's like a whole thing. It's really yeah. annoying. And I think you should get an I don't think that time should be counted as your break, but whatever. And so she's scanning me down and talking about how annoying this process is and how bad it is that she has to do this. And it's like, yeah, and some people just take a break after every single block. And after, and I was like, and she's like, don't feel bad about taking breaks. So, but I have to do this every time. And I was like, when uh, guilt tripping uh, you, I'm, like, into- I'm sorry that my pockets are tiny because. 
I like she kept getting annoyed. I have this one pocket that's like half an inch deep and it's really annoying to try and turn it inside uh, out. Ah, lady pocket. It's yeah, so annoying it that I have to deal with this braille when I'm trying to go about. I mean, I know you're blind and everything and you depend <laughs> on this critically for your whole life, but it's very annoying and I need you to know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you're literally getting paid. This is your job. Yeah. It's so your job. I guess to make all Bonkers. of this worth it, I don't I don't want to just come in here and complain just to complain. I guess if you're a listener, you're here in the room with me just when you have the power try to advocate for medical students in these horrible systems there's probably some very complicated contract they made with Prometric that I can't get out of or they have no incentive to get out of it but just know that there are other people who I don't know just know that the system is rigged and I guess try to take (laughs) care of yourself and then when you have the time and the energy and the power like I did everything I could to report this specific testing center. It's gone nowhere. And then I just gave up because I didn't have the energy. But we just need to do better for our medical students and our trainees. And they can. You know, they rolled out like administering the tests like at medical schools, like in the pandemic. Like they actually did this. They I don't I think they piloted on some like East Coast. They rolled out. Yeah, yeah. I thought you said ruled out. Oh, no, they've done... I don't know, like, what the status of that now, if that's, like, still an option or not. But there are. There are other options, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that would that would kill jobs, Nathan. Yeah. That that would kill the job of the person who's not showing up at 8 a.m. at the Prometric Center, apparently. I can't think of a job where you can just not show up and be like, yeah, it's fine. I'll still get paid. Like, that. that's a fireable offense to not show up to your That's work. What I thought. You know. Yeah, especially I something what... as critical as this, you know. I don't know. I don't know. We have spent this entire podcast 44 minutes bitching. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, hang and on. And I'm hang happy on, hang to provide that platform. I'm, I'm more than happy to provide that. It's not that bitching. Platform. This is important information for people going are, into this process. To know, like, this can happen. Yeah. 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 Okay. We're, we're advocating for <laughs> a vulnerable Dave. student population. You're right. You've got to put a positive spin on things, Dave. That's, no, yeah. look, I was wrong. We have advocated for 44 <laughs> minutes. Shortcoats, if you're enjoying our conversation today, I'd be grateful if you'd let people know by posting a story on Instagram or Facebook or tweeting about us. And don't forget to tag us in your post. Thank you. You know, we, we batted around some ridiculous interview questions I found on the internet last week. But I actually think the, that the, most, the way most job interviews are done are the worst way to get to know candidate. There's just too many ways for a candidate or an employee to misrepresent themselves, even if they're well-meaning, because it's a game. I don't have a solution to that problem, but I would like to maybe try some questions that might be better. Getting to know you as a person, that holistic review that we... Because they've gotten your scores, they've gotten your application, they've gotten your personal statement, they've gotten the Mm game-playing things. Now let's find out about you. I'm a little terrified. This is not, I mean, what is the, okay, so let's, let's, let's ask this. What is your favorite piece of culture right now? Oh, I have What it. kind of question is that? That's it's a question that I want to know to get to know you, to, to really, you know, know who Abby Fife is. Favorite piece of culture right now. Could be anything. Okay. okay. Got an Go ahead, aspect. I, I was going to say, so I don't know how many people know this about me, but I'm a big rap fan okay Mm -hmm. and there's a show on hulu called uh american saga that details the rise of the rap group the wu-tang clan Ah. and it is phenomenal wu-tang clan yeah so like 
very famous rap group founded by Bobby Diggs, aka the RZA. And I had heard like interviews, you know, with him on like NPR talking about like how he, you know, wrote, learned how to write a screenplay. And I mean, these are like kids who grew up under the toughest of circumstances, had absolutely nothing. Like their only real, you know, access to livelihood was like selling drugs. And they, through hard work and, you know, skill building on the go, built a business and a rap group and, and you know, persevered. And it's... Yeah, it's it's just all around like a cool story and like very inspirational for us who like arguably, you know, I'm not living in such dire circumstances, but I can relate to like day in, day out hustle, round the clock, working hard, like cold calling, having doors shut in your face. So I think that answer is your question because it is a piece of culture, Mm -hmm. right? But yeah. You know, related to this. I think it's great. Related to Wu-Tang Clan, our old friend Martin Shkreli of uh, Farmer Bro fame, who uh, famously (laughs) raised the price of insulin like six jillion times. Recently, I had to satisfy a judgment against uh, uh, him and... That so that Wu Tang uh, once upon a time in Shaolin album that he had uh, that he had had personal soul access to had purchased with with all this money yeah it's you know it's been basically given to a collective called Pleaser Dao Pleaser D A O for four million dollars so Shkreli still doesn't have his his Wu Tang album just so He's you know so undeserving just He's keeping so you up to date on Martin. Another does anybody have a piece of a piece of culture yeah. that I'm still so enamored by is Squid Game and how yeah. it has infiltrated like not just Netflix, but it's on social media, mm-hmm. it's on memes, it's memes. in hospital or not hospital cost sorry Halloween costumes. They have pop up stores like mm-hmm. it's the, pretty interesting, especially because Korea. It wasn't that long ago that Korea was like just cars and phones. They didn't, really, they didn't really have a cultural uh, export. Paris, I, I think, was I think yeah. maybe a nice like step yeah. into for the American mainstream to get kind of exposure. It's also funny that they're capitalizing on this. Oh, wow. I didn't even mean that pun. They're, oh. they're, <laughs> capitalizing, they're capitalizing on this show about capitalism by like... Fascinating, right? selling all this merchandise yeah, and yeah. just like all this I, I don't even I don't think that's like the main way that this is kind of spreading I think a lot of it is just people really thinking about whatever system that they're trapped in and relating it to the it's squid very games. relatable but very yeah relatable. interesting yeah so I I put off watching it for a little bit just because I couldn't commit all the hours that I knew I was going to spend in a row watching it but like all of the memes that came out and suddenly after I watched the show I was like oh this makes sense now it's it yeah it was pretty good I have pretty brilliant I did hear that the uh, subtitles for that show there the English dub is not the English dub is terrible Mm-hmm. We can get that out of the way. Correct. Yeah. English dub is terrible, but the subtitles, which were the recommended way for English speakers to watch, turns out to have been somewhat inaccurately translated. Oh. And so there was some controversy a few weeks, or not controversy, but some observation a few weeks ago by somebody who spoke Korean. Hey, this translation is completely incorrect and actually is screwing with the meaning of the original intention. Anyway, 
I don't know oh. much about it. But. Do you think that's certain, just certain moments or like... Certain, but certain pivotal moments, apparently. Oh, interesting. I have not watched it, so I don't hmm. know. It's funny, the last time I was on, I'd only seen three episodes, and there I listened back to at least that part of the episode, and I was like, oh, there are things that I didn't know that were going to happen mm-hmm. that I was talking about. The best meme I think that I've seen is like the red light, green light game in regards <laughs> to medical school, mm-hmm. and it's the girl turning around is like filters that programs use to like screen out applicants, so it's... <laughs> She like turns around and it's 209, 210, you know, just like shooting all the prospective applicants anyway. Sorry. It was good. It's so dark. It's so dark. Do you have a piece of culture? I don't know. I haven't been thinking about my own as I've just been thinking about what Aline and Nathan said. Let me think. Well, that's okay. The queen herself, Adele, is about to release mm. her next studio album. Thirty it's been a while for coming Adele. up, correct? It has. <gasps> so she's been hitting like the late night talk show. She, I really like, impressed by her marketing. You know, as she like has essentially gone like radio silent yeah. mm-hmm. for True. the last like five years to come hot onto the scene like See, that. The funny thing is, is wow. that okay? So I'm not in the know on all these pop culture things, and I thought that. I was just missing all this stuff from Adele for years when she came yeah. back and, and I was like, oh, like I didn't realize it was a big deal because I thought I just hadn't seen anything from mm. her. I didn't realize she wasn't actually yeah, putting the, music yeah. out there. Yeah, I didn't and realize it's, that either. It's and I know I want her to live her best life, but also like in a selfish way, because similar to Rihanna, like where's I, my Adele? Correct, Adele. similar to Rihanna. Yeah, it's like you have this like talent, and I want you to like for my selfish reasons put that music and Lord and all these other like artists. Feed my who, soul, please. Correct, don't deny, right? don't like, deny me this. You yeah. know what you were put on this earth to do? <laughs> yeah. Dance, monkey. <laughs> <laughs> correct. What uh, in a world where you can't be both? Would wait, you re- wait, wait, wait. Oh, Melon, did you, you come have, up did with you something? Think of something? Okay, I'll. I hate to go back to another TV show, but I just, I am going to take a strong stance and say that Ted Lasso is possibly the best see, show yeah. created oh, 100%. to ever about exist. Because I keep I, hearing about it. I haven't checked it okay. out, but I like Jason Sudeikis. And this is my elevator pitch. So it's like any comedy. It makes you laugh, but it's just the, you would appreciate this. You love comedy. So it is just the best comedy combined with heart that mm-hmm. I have ever seen. And what makes it such good writing and such a good show is you can't predict what the characters are going to do next. I so it's, it's not like a drama. Oh, there's this huge twist. No, it's just people don't act in stereotypical ways. So you have this conversation that the writer Bill Lawrence, who created Scrubs, has created where and his writing team of course where they're like maybe playing on some stereotypical part of society like a couple is fighting and they've had a miscommunication and what you would expect is you know you know how in some tv shows it's the the whole fight is because people are gonna say something but someone assumes something and then that person gets mad and decides not to say that thing or explain Mm. and then they walk away well, in, in this situation, it's no, they're like, no, this is this is actually what I meant, which is what would happen in real life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so just even the small moments, they're, they're building up to a twist and you think the twist is going to happen. But no, it's just like a normal human response. And it's it's just so refreshing. It reflects our values. It makes you laugh. It's quick witted. It's some American from Texas coaching a british soccer team like it's just 
ridiculous. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen much of it, but what I have seen over my wife's shoulder is very kind. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But again, not in a cheesy way. No, no. And the cheesy moments are And I found myself being surprised by the characters' actions because, or actually several of the characters' actions, because as somebody who wasn't, who hadn't been watching it, you know, I immediately was sort of queuing into those traditional TV tropes. Mm-hmm. This person's going to act this way. This person's going to act this mm-hmm. way. And it didn't happen. And then I was like, yeah. what's going on? The villain's not always the villain. Right. Like, and yeah. Ted is hilarious. In some ways, he has kind of got that like clueless trope yeah. going on. But he's clueless in a way that is kind. Whereas I feel like usually, if you think about like Michael Scott, hilarious. But his cluelessness <sighs> mm-hmm. is like harming others. And yeah. that's kind of what's yeah. funny. And you think Ted is going to be this perfect character. But the second season is really starting to dig into his flaws. Yeah. And then other members of the coaching staff are like stepping up to fill in the gaps and it's yeah i didn't uh, like the second season nearly as much as the first i'm only halfway through it uh, but yeah it's it's incredible i would highly recommend you get one week free of apple tv and then it's five (laughs) dollars a month it is worth the five dollars and a lot of people are complaining that it's on this platform but a lot of major networks turned it down that's why it's on apple tv apple tv by the way i think is killing it right now yeah um it doesn't have a ton of things Mm mm-hmm Huh. But it has some really good ones. The Foundation series right now, science fiction for all mankind. Oh, we, I love I for all mankind. For all mankind, which is it's, it's basically a story about it's it's a it's a television series about what would have happened if the space race never ended. Yeah, mm. it's really cool. And As a space lover, I highly recommend. Yeah, it's it's science fiction, but it's also sort of alter, alternate timeline science yeah. fiction. Yeah. And there's a lot of you know because the story takes place so far anyway in the past or in what could have been the past you get to see sort of like you know like how things would have been different so so it's really interesting interesting. i highly recommend it it's also just kind of good story yeah good story all right what did your parents call you besides your name (laughs) you son of a besides my name well sometimes they called me by my sister's names (laughs) well no that doesn't they didn't have a they didn't have a little nickname for you no um i was ab Okay, all right. I've actually been very vehemently Madeline and fighting off all the people who try to call me Maddie like my whole life. I don't have any trouble believing that. My parents always Uh. called me Madeline and there are so many people, which is fine, that go by Madison and or that our names are Madison or Madeline that go by Maddie and that's fine. But my parents never called me anything but Madeline. So it's really hard to adjust when someone calls me Maddie. So I guess it could also be family members that aren't your parents. I should be. Yeah. Like I I have. I was a Pfeiffer for lifer in third grade. Uh Um, That was my third grade teacher. My uh-huh. soccer nickname was Bad Dog. There, there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Nathan? Sports, it was always just the default to last name, Spitz. Mm. Okay. Swallow right. or Swallows. My <laughs> name is a sentence, Nathan Spitz. It's a subject and verb. Nice. Just, you know, throwing it out there. Love it. <laughs> Aline, did you have a... My mom always called me Bella from an early age, and I think it's because her father spoke Italian yeah. in mm. their household, so... For example, when my brother had his daughter, she refused to go by the name like grandma in our language. So she goes by Nena, which mm-hmm. is like a mix between Tita yeah. and Nana, yeah. which is what Italians call their grandmas. So mm-hmm. I was yeah. uh, Davy Doodle. Oh, oh my God. I was adorable. Davy Doodle with the googly googly eyes. 
which I don't know. That's a deep cut from <laughs> eras past. What else? Er- uh, my father. Eras or eras? Eras. 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 Actually, I was. I was also. My my father called us goons or goonie bird. <laughs> mm. Now you're jogging my memory a little bit. So my brother and sister, I'm the oldest. And so sometimes even to this day, like I am 26 and my sister's 24 and my brother's 22, I think. Anyways, so we're all adults now, but we still sometimes call each other by the what, how we used to pronounce each other's names as kids. Oh, yeah. So like my brother and sister will call me Malwin, mm-hmm. which is what my brother would always Aww. call me. And then we would call, I call it Andrew and do. And then we say, owie, like Allie, owie. Nice. So sometimes we still call each other that. That's so, that's painfully adorable. <laughs> it is cute. <laughs> that's so cute. What song do you often sing in the shower? This girl is on fire. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know good. if I even do that. That's, <laughs> that's the first song that came to my head. Well, you probably think it. As yeah. I, to sing it. I, I don't sing in the shower. I have like deep philosophical thoughts and solve all the problems and arguments the universe. With people. Yeah, I really don't sing though. Um, I definitely sing the shower. I I stop. I used to, but I stopped because I realized that people outside of the shower can hear you. Yeah, and I just couldn't handle that, and it crushed all the joy from it so no more oh, singing in the shower for abby oh, mm-hmm. yeah sorry nathan do you was... sing in the shower <sighs> it's probably my girl adele mm-hmm. I, th- okay. I think that's where i could get the most like inner Hello. power it's me or set fire to the rain turning table someone like i think that if i'm gonna belt it out in the shower i think I, it's it's gonna be adele i sing some like i feel like it's just whatever's in my head yeah i, I tend to wake up with songs in my head probably a lot of hamilton Okay. All right. My husband's name is Alexander, so like I'm always I'm like going yeah. like sometimes I'll call him by Alexander. <laughs> That's hilarious. I sing mostly yacht rock in the in the shower. You know, James Taylor and and like what else? Like Little River Band kind of stuff. You just, things that you kids don't know about. Those words. So. <laughs> Get the eight track and yeah, yeah. <laughs> rewind it. Yeah, I actually have an eight track in my shower. What which superpower would you choose? The ability to lie absolutely convincingly or super strength? Super strength. Oh, super strength. strength. Yeah. Ooh. That'd come in more handy. <laughs> lie. I knew no, one of you. Lie, of course. When a super strength, what am I going to use super strength? <laughs> I'm 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 never going to use it. I mean, I guess I mean it might come you would in handy. You never need to hire movers. Well, I don't need like movers now, but to lie so convincingly that you can movers move. also don't need super strength, although they are very efficient. But I just feel do. like you could you could just do things so much more. But I don't I, know. I just I, like the concept of lying. I don't like, like lying. Yeah, I yeah. Well, I, th- I, mean, I don't like lying, but I feel like I'm relatively good at it when I do. Mm-hmm. And so I just I feel like I don't need to like need that superpower because I feel like it would just enable me. To okay. do bad things. Where yeah, super strength, yeah. I feel like I could help out. With, with great power comes great responsibility. responsibility so, yeah. I'm just thinking of so many like one-off conversations that I have with people or like at parties or things like that where like, I don't know, maybe it's just like the people I've interacted with that where they just come up with such like elaborate stories um, mm. and things like that that are... That you know are I just want to be more right. entertaining. Correct. And I think oh. there's a lot of one-off conversation even in like medicine or things like that where you know you're never going to see this person again and if you can just you can lie in a really like great way too yeah, like you can yeah. lie or not be like genuine and still well if you think about like comedians or, they've taken yeah. this one moment and i'm sure i'm like pre- 
Aline over here can elaborate. But they've taken wow. this one moment in their life that happened like this. But yeah. then it's just, you start adding details, mm-hmm. and then someone said this in response, and it could be a very Tall real tales. experience. To do that. Like so an embellishment. It's yeah. like a conversationalist type of thing, mm, I yeah. feel like, which I feel like I would use much more yeah. than... So yeah, how yeah. often are you confronted with a burning car, for instance? You know, like, it, yeah. doesn't, it just doesn't happen that often. I am I, haunted by a time when I did not lie, and this was at a CVS the day before a test in didactics, and the cashier asked me how I was doing, and I, like, was honest. I was like, I am so stressed. I have a really hard test tomorrow. I do not know why I told the truth about how I was doing. I, I really, to this day, do not. They did ask. So. And this poor lady, like, thought that I was, like, like on the edge of a cliff like she was like are you sure you're gonna be okay and i was like i just need i don't know what i was buying so i just needed to tell a person yeah, I needed that it. so to the cashier at cvs i'm really sorry i told the truth to you three years ago <laughs> i have a philosophical objection to lying and i and i've yeah. i made a commitment a couple of years ago motivated by my partner to give up lying forever and it has honestly dramatically improved my life because yeah lying only spawns more lies and it's not it's not just for altruistic reasons it's because i don't have time to maintain all of these alternate versions of reality so i want to so you made a commitment to authenticity more about this so do you have rules like if the cvs cashier asks you how you're doing you have to be honest with them Okay, so so I do have slope rules. On the other side, yeah. now. If I do lie, I have 24 hours to make it true. Okay. Oh. So if I tell someone I can't go to something because I'm working, you bet your sweet ass I'm going to work during whenever that thing yeah, is. I, I have to make it true. So then that motivates you to just tell people like, yeah. hey, got a lot going on. I think I'm going to take some time to myself. But like what? what? I was gonna say. So actually, the biggest reply I get to that is people being like, "So you just tell everyone everything about your life?" And I'm like, "No, no, no. That it's perfectly fine to say something like, I don't feel comfortable discussing that with you,' or like, mm-hmm. I'm not ready to have that conversation.' And notice none I'm of that involves lying or it, insert any blank reason. Exactly. You <laughs> like, don't owe anybody an explanation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's taught me how to. Yeah, navigate difficult situations while still living in accordance with my values of like, because lying, lying forces people to live in, it alters their reality, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're operating on information that's not accurate. So they may end up making a decision that will hurt them because of information I've incorrectly informed them with. Also, it alters your reality, too, as the liar, because, you know, a lie told often enough starts to become embedded in your head yeah and then eventually that becomes reality for you if somebody can teach okay. me how to lie to myself that i'm like happy every day you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. look in the mirror like i'm loving life like okay, i'm fake, so happy faking like, it till you make it is not technically lying so I, I will support no, that I'm still curious, at what so. point do you alter are you altering <laughs> your reality with these art artificial trap me with my own logic no i'm still curious though about how you handle like small talk situations in which people ask you questions that you don't like like, how are you? And you don't actually really want to talk about how you are, not because you're doing bad, but because it's, I don't actually know you. Do you consider Fine. omission to be lying? A little bit. Okay. It depends. Like, I often can say I'm fine and mean it. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, all right. That's true. But I'm also okay with being like, 
not my best day, but I'll be okay. 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 Hey, yeah. we got to say goodbye to Madeline, who has Bye, things to do. Have fun with the cat. Yes, and I have to take care of someone else's cat. Yeah. All right. Bye, Thank short you. coats. Thanks for having me. Bye. Well, wow, that was a surprisingly fruitful, fruitful, fru- fruitful question in yeah. getting to know you. Are you lying or no. are you just trying to appease our? Are you? No, just, that felt very genuine. truthful and honest. Um, yeah. Let's see. What's the strongest animal you could f- you could win a fight with using just your bare hands and feet? Mm. I've seen kangaroo fights. With humans, like in the outback, and people have like successfully punched and scared away <laughs> kangaroos. But I'm not saying like is, can you? They're do? Right, right. So I think not every time. Like this is not ten times out of ten that I would <laughs> kick this kangaroo's ass. But I feel like there are maybe some like average kangaroos. So if I if I <laughs> Middle, ca- middleweight champ right. kangaroos, I could say Nathan could take. If I on. like connect, I feel like that would. scare scare the kangaroo and it's it's big enough where like i could do it uh-huh. they're like, tall dog they're huge they're like over six feet sometimes when they're standing at like at I'm their six maximum. four i feel like, really? yeah, it's like he works fair, out too yeah. Yeah. okay so but why yeah. are we attacking kangaroos we're not because, well, we're saying, like, if you got into a fight right and okay. so in yeah. australia these kangaroos were like attacking or being very aggressive with these people's dogs oh. and so they went out to oh, like I, okay. protect, I protect the dog and punch this kangaroo. I'm going to show y'all after that. We can put a link okay. in the There's some okay. the monstrous notes. insects in Australia, though. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, indigenous that's species fair. that have I developed there. I couldn't win a fight okay. with any of those. Yeah. What, I think what do you think, Abby? What, what would the, okay, so I can just guarantee pretty much that I'm not winning a fight with a kangaroo. <laughs> I can win a fight against small bugs that are slow. And not too gross looking. Yeah. yeah. But like, I'm honestly not convinced that I could win a fight against much else. Because the thing is, is that All right, let's, let's, if it's a big animal, I'm not going to be able to win. Yet. Let's work our way up. If it's, I'm going to start at a reasonable level. Okay. Squirrel. A squirrel's gonna run away from me. It's too fast. No, no, no. Uh, don't put all it. these rules. You're putting all these like limitations to the question. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. This is your for for whatever reason you have you've to fight gotten them. into a fight with an animal. Okay, I'm in a fight with a squirrel. You're in a fight with a squirrel. Who wins? I mean, the squirrel is faster and has sharper claws. It's gonna. Yeah, but you've got brains. <sighs> yeah, but if it's just my bare hands, I don't know. That. A, Am a I trapped in death. a room with the squirrel yeah. or? Yes, it's a okay. battle. Yeah, you've got to fight. It's a cage match between <laughs> Abby and a squirrel. And a, a running mouth. away is not an option. I really thought this would be like a yes. No, I really still <laughs> feel I still feel very unconvinced that because of the squirrel's speed, I'm going to be able to get in any kind of harm into the squirrel. All right, all right. And the squirrel's got really sharp claws. It's going to scratch me. I'm going to get rabies. Maybe and then I in went. three weeks, I'm going to be dead. Went. This is a slow burn. Maybe I went to... I think uh, you weren't thinking hard enough about this. Turtle. So I could probably beat a turtle because it is slow. Yeah. You're right. This is a great way to get to know. I have learned that Abby's very analytical and logical. And, and I, I very much value accuracy. And I'm not going to just pretend to beat a squirrel to make Dave happy. <laughs> also, as it turns out, an incredible animal If there's animal anything in lover. this world that would make me happy, it's knowing that you could kick a squirrel's ass. I just don't feel that I could in my in my heart. I, I believe in you. Like, worse comes to worse. I am finding it hard to imagine a squirrel, like, literally killing you. I mean, yeah. I don't... I would be a, a pretty even match. Like, it's going to take a while to get to that. <laughs> a yeah, I'm not, I don't have, like, agility... 
I can't really bend my back much at all. Like, oh yeah, you've it got hurts that. to bend my knee. Yeah, yeah. Like, how am I going to get in any kind of blow to this squirrel? Like, any, the most it, likely outcome is the squirrel and I just ignore each other. Honestly, Aline, do you have a an animal? That you... <laughs> I, I was going to say, like Abby perfectly said, a bug that's not too big and not too gross looking. Okay, yeah, Dave, yeah. what about you? Like cage yeah. match. I think I could. I I think. I could probably go up against some kinds of dogs. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, 100%. I feel like I could maybe take some smaller, slower dogs. They bite pretty hard. Like They do. Jaw they do. They got some sharp teeth. But if I can catch it and keep it held so its mouth yeah. is away from I wouldn't. Me. I wouldn't survive yeah. unscathed. But this is right. really, I don't like the thought of hurting a dog. I was going to say. I feel really gross. Yeah. I'm sorry I made you <laughs> I mean I don't want to. I have no desire to get into a fight with a dog. Like let's say I'm it's gonna like with attack it. your child. Yeah. Yeah. Like what would you Like you you're know? in imminent danger. I mean right. I would probably take the child and run. <laughs> what do you okay? So you're a flight and uh, fight or flight person. I am one hundred percent of the time a flight. Yeah. What's your favorite amusement park or ride or attraction? Well, I recently found out I'm not allowed to ever ride a roller coaster again. No, oh, okay. Yeah. Because your 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 yeah, back my, issues. Yeah, I have a a weird spinal cord, and basically it, it ends way too low, so all my nerves come out like straight instead of at an angle, and so the high speed changes of direction could tear the nerves because they're coming yeah, we don't, out. Yeah, we don't want that. Oh wow. Yeah, I know. So it's not just like a uh, low consequence to riding a nerve. Or riding a roller coaster, it's like you can ride a roller coaster and end up like paralyzed. So, not roller coasters, which is too bad because I love them. I really love going fast. So, if there's something that goes fast but doesn't change direction the whole time, that would be my favorite. Maybe are the drop towers too much? That goes fast. I don't know if there's like a lot of jostling. I'm really afraid of heights, though. They're pretty hard for me. I do like them still because I like the fear. The adrenaline, yeah. But I don't know if the up and down counts. I don't know. I didn't like ask. I should have asked my doctor. (laughs) You gotta ask more questions. You were asking a lot of great questions about the animals that you could fight. This doctor really hates questions, though. So I was like, really, it's really hard to get a word in. Otherwise, I would have been asking him, like, okay, so let's list off all the rides at every amusement park. Here's a printout I brought so that you can go through them one by one. Now I know that when you schedule, you gotta ask for a complex... Because they have scheduled, or at least this is what I've picked up now, is they'll, for like return patients, schedule them as complex or not, which will give you more time to talk (laughs) to the doctor. But roller coaster rides, my favorite was... Not roller coaster. Amusement park. Amusement park, yes. My favorite is a roller coaster. It's at Six Flags Great America. It was a Superman one. Mm -hmm. And so you like come in standing up vertical, and then they tip you horizontal, so it's you're like flying or like staring at the ground. I've heard of ones like that, and I've always wanted to try them, but... Man, I didn't maybe mean to like, make this such a sad topic. Maybe with VR or something oh, you yeah. can Augmented get reality. Like a yeah. similar yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm Personally, I'm more into... I don't... I mean, I, I kind of like roller coasters, but I'm really more into slow stuff. You know, like the People Mover at Disney World or like the Pirates mm-hmm. of the Caribbean or, mm-hmm. or something something with a story. You know, Small world. I don't, I don't need to be tossed about to, to have a no. good time. I like being uh, tossed about. Yeah. Did you have any, Aline? Um... 
I'm thinking of an amusement park in uh, Montreal where I used to go as a kid. And uh, I think it's now a Six Flags, actually. But it was called the the French word for uh, merry-go-round, I think. Yeah, it was, it was like, it, you know, it wasn't Disney World or anything crazy like that. Although we did go to Disney World a lot, too, which I realize is, like, incredible now as an adult because it's so insanely expensive. Yeah, yeah. It was a little cheaper back then, but, Yeah. I feel like we've like I feel like I've learned a lot about you guys. Thank you. Yeah, we really bonded I want over my these interviews yeah. to be like these questions and not what enzyme. Oh my gosh, wait, what are y'all's favorite enzymes? <laughs> well, okay, Get for out. a psychiatry person, I I was going to be like, why not monoamine oxidase? That oh, is the basis you, for so many of the medicines you will prescribe. Freeze though. Right? That's MAO1. what she said as she like froze and could only remember the one enzyme lipase. Well, I mean, everyone so. hates cholesterol, high cholesterol, yeah. so that makes perfect sense. Yeah. 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 I don't but know. what a bizarre question It is to a really, ask really an weird question, and, like, a weird one for, like, psych. Like, I guess if you were maybe, like, doing, I don't know, an endocrine fellowship or something, where there's lots yeah. of enzymes involved. <laughs> yeah. Should it maybe, what do you mean, like, taste? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. There are lots of enzymes there. Yeah. Huh. I mean, I, I don't like the taste of many enzymes, I'm sure. Welcome back to the show. Michael Jerkins, the co-founder of Panacea Financial, Division of Premise, member FDIC. Do I have to say that every time, Michael? It's, it's, a, it's a good question. I would just err on the side of caution. All right. Just say it every, I do. And even in my normal day-to-day language. <laughs> You're like, uh, I, yeah, I work for, Prim, for Panacea Financial, member FDIC. How was work today, honey? Well, at premise member <laughs> FDIC, it was fantastic. <laughs> oh, boy. So you, you wanted to come and talk to us about what's going on in the world of student loans right now. Yes, it's a busy world. I, you know, probably seen a lot of the changes in the news about PSLF or public service loan forgiveness. And I've had a lot of people ask about what exactly has changed and how it's going to affect them. It is a fairly nuanced topic, so I'm going to try my best to not be boring and explain kind of what's going on. But to back up a little bit, public service loan forgiveness is a program that can forgive your federal student loans tax-free if you have the right kind of loans, if you work for a 501c3 for 10 years and make those payments over 120 months, doesn't have to be consecutive, and you work full-time. I actually had a uh, friend of mine who's a cardiologist text me just yesterday that he received his public service on forgiveness. I know several people that have received this, so it is real. I, pro- I promise. It's a real thing. Okay. It is a real thing. And it's, it's just again, one of those... Tax-free. It's just one of those things that you have to... Uh, you know, it's, it's delayed gratification, I guess. It is, and it takes a lot of effort making sure your paperwork is right, calling your loan servicer, which by the way, the loan servicer who handles PSLF is opting out of their contract with the federal government. Yes. So an important tip, this is to make sure you uh, download all of your records, uh, have everything saved before they switch over to someone else because your payments can be lost. Mine actually were lost. I had about three or four months of payments lost for almost five years when my loan servicer changed. So that's a that's a quick side note of something I would do if you're in PSLF now. But the big are really, they're temporary. So they only last until October of 2022, actually Halloween of 2022. But there's really, there's really a few major changes. One is that 
and, and probably admittedly is not going to affect a ton of people, but about 500,000 is what the Department of Education estimates. And one of the big things is that the, the term qualifying payment is a little more loose. So right now, a qualifying payment is made on time and is the full amount. Well, from now until October 22, you can actually count other partial payments potentially as a qualifying payment under PSLF. And you can actually make payments under loans that typically don't qualify in PSLF. So it's it the it can get really boring again in alphabet soup. So I'll try to avoid that. But the gist of it is it allows for more people to make qualifying payments from now until October 22nd in a more loose definition of qualifying payment. And the other the other big one is there's a specific type of loan that is now eligible for PSLF. Normally PSLF is only for direct loans. So those are loans made directly from the Department of Education to the student. But FFEL type of loans, which typically weren't eligible under PSLF are actually now eligible even retroactively. So some people might look and find that they have more than 120 payments because the Department of Education will look and see, oh, you made payments on this type of loan previously. We're going to add that to your total now. So retroactive. So, that's that's helpful. Yeah, it is very helpful. Now, admittedly, most people don't have that type of loan, but for around half a million people in this country, it could offer them some benefit. So the key takeaway is that PSLF exists it can greatly benefit you. It pays to be an expert in it, but there are some changes that are temporary from now until October of 2022. Why and why just that? Why not make them permanent? So the basis for the temporary change, I understand, is really in a piece of legislation that allows them to make changes only in time of emergency, such as a pandemic. And I guess maybe they understand that the pandemic will be over in October of 2022. I don't, I don't know. Well, it's, it's, nice to have a, it's nice to have a date. I like that. It's nice to have a date. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's nice for, for the Department of Education of all people to know that. Yeah. But that is the basis for the temporary change. And it's to be determined if there's going to be more changes to PSLF. I'll tell you this. The other thing that's happened is that in this temporary change, they allow military active service duty members to have qualifying payments when they're normally active duty and their loans are in forbearance. Before, those payments in those months didn't count. So if you're on active duty, those months didn't count. But now it gives military members an easier shot at PSLF. So the, the thing I'm going to say is the military is very pro PSLF, which mm-hmm. helps make sure that the elected officials maintain it. Yes. Um, so there's not a big incentive for elected officials to uh, blow up a public service loan forgiveness program that helps the military. Just for the just for kicks, what is the definition of public service? So for, the for this of, program, yeah. it is that you work for a government organization, or most likely for us, it's a not-for-profit or 501c3 employer, and you really have to be employed full-time. So you can't be working only a day a week at a, a 501c3. You have to be employed full-time at a 501c3. And I'll say most hospitals for residency and a lot of hospitals outside of residency are 501c3 employers. That sounds good. And then, of course, you have to, you know, the, the timeline of of uh 10 years of payments means that um if you want to continue with PSLF you need to make sure that you end up after your residency in another public service or 5013C outfit so that's kind that's of That's right. And one thing you can do actually is you can search 
your employer or if you're interviewing, you can actually find their a name or employer identification number and go to the student loan website and they'll tell you if they're a qualifying employer or not. So that when you're interviewing, you can actually decipher like, who could I go work for that would still allow me to earn public service loan forgiveness. And that website is? Studentaid.gov. They just, they launched their PSLF tool, which has been actually very nice in the last six months. Maybe it's a sign of, of the PSLF program maturing, figuring out what wasn't working properly and maybe addressing those. But it remains to be seen if these changes last past right. October I, I think that a lot of people understand that to no fault of their own, a lot of borrowers aren't qualifying because they didn't understand the rules, maybe had the wrong loans, maybe were active duty service members and realized that some of these rules weren't really common sense. And again, these are these are voters and these are people who can get quite upset at their elected officials. So a lot of people have a vested interest in making sure this program is up and running and running smoothly. I think it's always important, again, if you're a PSLF, to read and to call your loan servicer frequently. I will say this, there are other loan servicers that are backing out of their federal loan contract. One is called Navient. These are private companies that service federal loans. So Navient is a big one that just recently announced. There's a couple of others that they are opting out of helping service these federal loans. So what that means is tons, actually millions of borrowers will be shifted to another loan servicer here in the next three to four months. So it could be very confusing, especially because student loans uh, are now federal student loans are going to come due January 31st. Their payments are going to be turned back on again. So I encourage anyone with federal student loans to um, make sure you download all of your records right now so that if things get lost in the shuffle, you at least uh, know where you started from. You know, I, I think it's a great habit to get into anyway, because loans of any kind change hands all the time. Yeah. And uh, it's very frustrating to lose a, lose history during those transitions. It does happen. I mean, these are these are people and computers. And when you put people and computers together, sometimes things go wrong. It does. Yeah, like I said, when I went from Navient to my Fed loans, I lost several months of payments and I just had to call. I called and called and called. And then one day, magically, I got my PSLF statement and those months were added back. Nice. So it was, uh, it was a great surprise. Well, good. Anything else you want to point out? There's a lot of talk too about forgiveness and the government just saying, hey, everybody's loans are forgiven. I would just add that that does not look likely at this time. There was even a proposal, very modest of $10,000 for all federal borrowers, which of course wouldn't hurt. But when you have you know, MD students graduating with $200,000 and DO students graduating with $250,000, $10,000 isn't really going to move the needle a ton. So for those medical students that, or recent medical school graduates that are hoping for a big, uh, you know, forgiveness from the government, that doesn't look likely. I would just try to bank on PSLF and trying to understand that program. And if, if, if you can qualify. Michael, on a, on a personal level, I want to ask you this question. You can yeah. tell me to shove it or not. But you have loans. And one of the things that I think occurs to a lot of people when they when they think about student loans for future doctors is, well, they're gonna make it they're gonna make a ton of money someday. Yeah. What's the what's the big deal? And you know, of course that's not entirely fair. It's also not entirely untrue. Do you feel like if it weren't for if if it, if you weren't worried about public service loan forgiveness? Do you feel confident in, in your field, 
in your specialty, in your life, do you feel confident that you're going to be able to repay this in a reasonable amount of time? I think for the physician that has an active license that can work full time, that they would eventually pay off their loans. However, what about that person who unfortunately is not able to work full time for whatever reason? Yeah. Um, then you're stuck with a very high bill, even if it's income driven repayment and with no real opportunity at, it's not like you're going to go get another job at Starbucks and that's going to help move the needle. So I think for the, again, those physicians working full-time and able to work full-time as a physician, you will eventually pay that off. But you know, the, the big problem here is to me is that the, the attitude, and I get it from the outside of like, Hey, they're fine. They're doctors. To me, that just encourages this. Hey, we can make med school as expensive as we want to. It doesn't matter. They'll pay it off. No big deal. When there's lots of downstream effects of, yeah, I can pay off my loans, but that's going to affect where I practice what kind of patients I see, how many patients I see, and that, you know, there's only a million doctors or so, but there's 300 million patients in this yeah. country. And you can affect the care of millions of patients by putting so much debt on physicians because that affects how they practice. Yeah. You're going to choose, you You might even choose your specialty based on how much money you can make in order to pay off that the, those loans. Yes. Um, and there's lots of studies that look at that and their survey data every single year looks at graduating medical students. That's not the number one or number two reason, but it is there. It is a significant sure. amount of med students that say their debt did affect their specialty choice. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for uh, taking a few minutes to have a conversation about public service loan forgiveness and, sure. and uh, giving us the updates on that. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure. All Thanks right. for having me. Well, that's our show. Nathan, Madeline, Abby, Aline. Madeline is not here. Madeline in spirit. Thanks for being on the show <laughs> with me today. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for the great time. And what kind of... Hmm. And, and, and what kind of person would I be if I didn't thank you, Shortcoats, for making us part of your week? If you like what you heard today, follow the show wherever fine podcasts are available. Our editors are AJ Chowdhury and Eric Bozart. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine, student government, and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities program. Our music is by Dr. Vox and Catmosphere. I'm Dave Etler saying don't let the bastards get you down. Talk to you in one week. Elaine, what did you think of ACAP? Hi, Shortcoats. Look, life in medical education, life in America, life in the world is often difficult. And I often wish I could help. All I have is this podcast, but in my wildest dreams, you have the support you need to lead a life of your choosing. You deserve to be happy, healthy, and successful in whatever ways you define those words. So if you need support because you've experienced racism, discrimination, harassment, mental health crises, I want you to be able to get the help that you need. And so I'm going to put some links in the show notes to some resources that you can use. But the bottom line is that for what it's worth, I see you. I know you're out there. I wish I could do more. Maybe I can in ways that I don't 
understand yet or know about. But I see you, and I'm glad you're here, and other people are too. 